0: Welcome to Afternoons With Me. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our time together. I've got a little special surprise for you. Uh, Usually we start with Patrick Albanese, and today is no exception. Patrick is with me today. But he is all the way in Phoenix, Arizona today uh, because he's taken his family on a one-week vacation. And to be honest, Patrick, I cannot wait to hear. How's it been going?
1: Well,
2: uh, as you know, my criteria often... For a successful time, are simple. No one got hurt. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> yeah, and let's just say there is a higher chance of getting hurt on vacation because you do adventurous things and you try new stuff, and um, it's 115 there. So yeah, there's lots of lots of occasions to get uh, hurt.
2: Yeah, we 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 hit some some of these temperatures. Well, we so my wife had a conference in Phoenix, and she had this this really great idea. The conference, they said. You know, we'd love to have. uh, It was for theater people. She says. uh, They said we'd love to have somebody teach an unusual skill to uh, people that are in this business. Does anybody know a magician? She was on the conference call.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's why she called me.
2: Yes, exactly. Because wisely she did not bring my name up. Yeah. Actually, but somebody else that said, wait a second, (laughs) is not yours. So uh, she comes to me, and she says, hey, I got this great idea. You come to Phoenix with us, and you know, you just come to the first day of the convention, and you teach this class. You teach it a couple of times, and uh, then we're there. When I finish with the conference a couple of days later, we can go do all these great Arizona things. I said, well, that sounds like a great way to help pay for the vacation. What are they paying me? She says, well, actually, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay, well, you know what, at least it covers my airfare. She says, well, no, 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 it does not not cover your airfare. I said, I see. The hotel, she says, you can stay in my hotel room, which is covered. Uh, I said, do I get anything for it? Satisfaction of a job well done. To which I said, Thanks, Mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: I haven't heard that one in a few years.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you got to take, take the family, be with the family for a week in Arizona. So uh, yep. did you get to the Grand Canyon? We did. So we've, uh, after
2: this whole conference was finished, you know, we, we uh, did while she was doing the conference, after I did my thing, we made it to a water park which uh, was, it's kind of interesting to go to an outdoor water park, and I I think we were seeing steam come off the water. (laughs) And I was wondering why everybody in this water park, when we first got there, they're wearing shoes and flip-flops everywhere. I said, no, these these knuckleheads wearing their flip-flops walking around the park. And they're they're, they're getting soaking wet in these flip-flops, and they're going down water slides with their flip-flops on Boy, these people, if they were only as smart as we are, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, after my feet turned black, <laughs> we, uh, we put our flip-flops on, and uh, we did the water park, and then we said, let's go to the Grand Canyon, where the temperature will drop by a
0: nice, it'll get us down to the mid-90s. <laughs> oh. So you, you, yeah. why would the temperature drop at the Grand Canyon? Uh, the I elevation had was, a, was, a, was a wee tad higher. Okay. All right. So that helps a little bit. So yeah. you finally get there. You see this incredible site called the, the Grand Canyon. And the question I have to ask is, did you pull a Clark Griswold from uh, vacation and just kind of do the head bob and then let's move on? Yes we,
2: did. yes, we did, and I think a lot of people do the difficulty I had I said, i want to find the exact spot because if I'm going to get a video of it, it's got to be the exact spot, but I couldn't find the exact spot, and I think they faked it in the movie. I don't know uh, but um you, you get up there and you know you're you're taking this winding road up, and of course, I'm not a big fan of resort areas because to me there's always this attitude of "Ah, you're trapped, you're here." You know, I I I mean, you know, you're looking at the restaurant and you say, well, uh, should I have the – what is a what is an elk burger and why is it $30? <laughs> because you, there are no choices. Because there are no choices. Yeah. And an elk burger, I think they include the antlers because there's a little on the chewy side. <laughs> <laughs> but we make our way up and then it is – I have to imagine the first people that approached this – because you don't really see it coming. You're, you're walking along minding your own business, which is always a mistake. And all of a sudden you say, oh, this drops. And it drops instantly, and it's a mile. Mm. And I, I, I've never looked a mile down into the earth. And, and at first your, your eyes deceive you. You say, well, that's not a mile. That's, that's, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a thousand feet maybe. I don't know. And then uh, somebody points out a boat that's on the Colorado River down there, a little raft. And you say, that's a raft? It's the size of a pin. Wow. Yes, that's the perspective. So you don't have perspective, really, to, uh, to, in, until somebody points out something that you can actually judge the size of. Yeah. Because you think, well, there's nobody down there. They say, no, there's hundreds upon hundreds of people down there. You can't see them. They're that small. I'm like, oh, we're that high up. And you take it in, and uh, pretty soon it, it, it almost. I, 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 we were starting to think, are we just not good people? Because we're, did we just get used to it? Are we just so used to the spectacular that we said, all right, what's next? <laughs> There's that. There's a you know. I mean, they give you some statistics. Here's one for you. Take all the water from all the rivers in the world. They will have – fill the Grand Canyon. That's how deep it is. Wow. And big. That's amazing. It's, I mean, you, you know, so your mind sort of does a little mind boggling with that uh, and says, wow, okay, I've got a, uh, an idea of the epic size and scope of this thing. Anyway, is there anything else? <laughs> uh, you know, so we hopped on this one bus tour that said, we'll take it to nine different Viewpoints, nine different viewpoints. And by that time, it's getting to be 105 degrees out. And uh, we pretty much tapped out at stop number two. <laughs> <laughs> been there, done
0: that? You mean that?
2: We did the been there, done that because we said, well, so what, uh, what happens with the view uh, when we get over there? It's, ex- it's, it's different because you can see that side of the canyon. What does that look like? Pretty much this side of the canyon. <laughs> So we started with that. We just spoiled sports. We just want to kind of get back into some nice, cool air. And, and we said, you know, when, is there a bus that turns around? Well, there's only one point where you can make that decision to turn back. Otherwise, you got to do the full, you know, three-hour tour. And we all know how those end. Yeah. So. Uh, Desert Island. We said, yeah. We said, which stop is that? And they said, well, that's stop number three. And we said, is it okay if we skip stop number two and go directly from stop number one to stop number three and then turn around and go back? And they said, you'd be surprised how many people do that. They say, we get it. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: And I'm hungry. Yeah. Patrick, it does make me think how many people spend a lot of time looking at things that they've always wanted to go see, like the Grand Canyon or maybe Mount Rushmore. Or, you know, the the pyramids in Egypt. I mean, I've seen those and you get there and you go, wow, that's awesome. But you can only look for a while. Then you go, okay, nothing's changing here. Um, And I've seen it. It's fantastic. It's mind-blowing. But how long can you sit and look at something? Now, when it comes to staring at the ocean or sitting in a chalet looking at the mountains, you can do that for six hours at a time easy
2: yes and we made a discovery we did we did a vacation to colorado last year and it was wonderful and we did whitewater rafting and easy and for the listener that thinks wow what an adventurous guy trust me i have to be talked into anything slightly risky anything slightly risky and i am you know before we went whitewater rafting i, I thought you know if if only my kids would support me here and say we just don't want to do it and i can say Golly, I really wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't like anything that has you know a one in ten thousand chance of accident. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I ended up having a, a, a blast. Uh, but we did the you know the Rockies last year, and then we did you know the the Grand Canyon this year. And we decided yesterday as we were driving, we spent the day in Sedona, which was absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous red rocks, and we're, we're getting vista after vista after vista. Where we say, "Kind of got it. I kind of grasped the content of what you're offering here." We said, "You know, we're not rock people. Mm. We don't want to climb rocks. We enjoy looking at, like, looking into a canyon. It didn't do it for me, but looking up at majestic peaks does, like you said, or, or, or. Just watching the ocean and listening to that roar, I you know, and everybody's different and everybody likes their different things. Uh, But we realized, we said, okay, we've probably done enough of the, you know, things where you have to climb stuff. We don't need to climb anymore.
0: Yeah. But the bottom line is it was a family vacation and everybody had a a time of togetherness, which I know is a big part of what the vacation is designed to do. Is to get out of your current environment and routines and get new perspectives and and new experiences and time together in a sort of a fun, concentrated way. Oh, you
2: know, it's, it's, we checked into this—you uh, know—apparently was a new hotel. They own a bunch of properties, and this place we booked in Sedona. Uh, the pictures we looked at, we said this is going to be the most spectacular place. And, uh, you know, we pull up and they can't find a reservation. And uh, uh, they say, oh, no, you're not on this property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're, you're not on spectacular property. You're on the new property. I go, oh, it's new. Well, new to them. It's, it's like getting that new 63 Beetle. <laughs> and But it was fine. And when we checked in, the woman said, I, I apologize in advance. The whole village here is experiencing an internet outage. Oh. And I said, perfect. Good. Perfect. And my son is not, you know, we're having to talk him into having a phone for when school starts for him next year because all of his friends, that's how you you stay in contact. That's how you find out everything. So he's reluctantly agreed. My daughter, of course, wanted one. So when the internet goes out for him, he says, eh, okay. You know, he wants to borrow my phone to take pictures. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he, I, I, he's a lot like me in that regard. I, I wish I was more like me in that regard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, my daughter was a little upset at first, and I said, you know, we're going to go, uh, and we met up with a friend. We got there super early, a mutual friend of ours who happens to now live in Sedona. And we just explored the village for probably four or five hours. Had a tremendous meal together. Wonderful fellowship. Uh, we talked Bible for two hours uh, over breakfast. Uh, he and I and uh, my wife. Awesome. Because uh, you know, you know the guy I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of the most enjoyable things about spending time with him. And to say this is living. Yeah. Fellowship. Real yeah. fellowship. Sharing the gospel with each other sharing good meals, beautiful views. It was, I guess, so you can't ask for more
0: than this. Yeah. Patrick, let me take a little break. I think of that wonderful verse in Matthews that says, uh, come to me, all of you who are tired, and I will give you rest. Does that verse apply to a family vacation in Arizona? We'll find out more when we come back. Patrick Albanese is my guest, and happy Monday. It's so great to be with you. I hope you're having a great day. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and afternoons with Bill Podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com.
3: What would you do with a brain if you had one?
0: Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could I could while away the hours. Confirm and with the flowers. Consult and with the rain my head. I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you with me today. I'm joined by my friend and colleague Patrick Albanese, who usually is from the great state of Iowa, but today he's from the great state of Arizona. And he and his family are uh, flying back today and be home back in their own beds tonight. Look forward to having you back on Des Moines, Iowa soil. Huh, Patrick? Oh, and and Des Moines time.
2: I I never adjusted. I don't know. How how well do you do with I guess you call it jet lag. Uh, Terrible. uh, Yeah, my my internal clock doesn't change. So I'm already an early riser. Sleeping till 4.30 a.m. would be a luxury for me. Most days I'm up at 3.30. Knock off a couple hours. I've been waking up at 2.30 here. Now, normally, the way that my system works is I would be making that adjustment. Last night would have been my first good night of sleep as I hop on a plane to go back to the new time zone. And repeat the process. So it's been, I have not slept well all week. And I remember reading one of these things that said, you know, one of the secrets is to, you know, go to bed and get up at the same time every day, which in my mind says, wait a minute, isn't that like one minute of sleep? If (laughs) I go to bed and get up at the same time, that's no sleep. I don't think this system's going to work for me. No.
0: Uh,
2: But when you travel, you know, let's say that you have a regular bedtime, it's, it's a little bit thrown, and I can never fool myself. I, I cannot manage to do the tricks that people uh, do where they say, here's what I do. Is I stay up all night for three straight days, and then, yeah. I mean, have you ever tried those? They don't work.
0: For no, me. that doesn't work. It just seems yeah. to wipe me out more than ever. Yeah. So – As you uh, were with your family over the weekend, I happened to have spent about 45 minutes online looking at this very interesting thing that Stephen Colbert does of The Late Show where he has this the Colbert questionert and he asks celebrities 15 questions. And I found this fascinating because one of the questions is, what do you think happens when we die? And I have to say, he asked uh, 15 pretty well-known celebrities And it was remarkable to me that there isn't any one of the 15 that came even remotely close to having an answer that would stand up um, in a court of faith. (laughs) It it was some of the most nonsensical things I've ever heard. Now, I don't want to point out people, but one guy, very well-known guy, uh, a professing Christian, was asked the question, what do you think happens when we die? And his response was... Well, I think we all get race cars, and we put on helmets, and we beat A.J. Foyt. Yeah, uh, that's first Philippians, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I, he was the, the, the person I was most disappointed in because I've understood him to be a Christian, and that was his answer, and I thought, uh, this this was a serious question. Why not give a serious answer? and let the world know that you stand uh, in faith and that you know what happens when we die. And because the amount of answers that came over about 15 interviews that I watched, were Patrick, they were so absolutely made-up ridiculous, and the question freaked out people more than any question he asked.
2: Well, and I I can understand why, you know, in, in that community... Uh, of which which let's face it, I think I think it's safe to say that Hollywood is very anti-Christian. Um, you know, I think the the industry has a lot of Christians in it that that are very quietly Christian, but the industry doesn't like them. And you know, I know the person you're talking about. You say you don't have to fear not getting work. They're not they're not going to excommunicate you from. You're not going to get blacklisted because you're a you're a Christian. You know, you're not. You, you're not going to be treated like Patricia Heaton is right. treated. Uh, but at the same time, you know, is this about the dinner parties? You go, well, you, you would certainly be uninvited to all of the fine events, all of the fine things, or maybe you'll never win an Oscar. Who cares? Maybe you'll, you know, right. And it's, it's disturbing that you see, is it, is it that hard to say what happens when you die? Well, uh, us Christians are going to heaven. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to be like. I know it's spectacular.
0: Mm. I
2: don't have all the details.
0: Mm-hmm. But some of the answers, <laughs>
2: this one detail. Yeah,
0: some of the some of the answers. One was, well, I'll check in in heaven, and then I'll come back, and I will spend uh, time helping others who have uh, loved me and I have loved them. But you'll start by going to heaven and check in. And I'd say uh, probably six or eight others said. Well, I, I think uh you you go to a good place if you've done good things and you know if you've done good work and people have admired your work, uh that's kind of the the reason that you're gonna be rewarded. And, oh and by whom? Uh don't don't get me started. I mean I I did yeah. have a fair amount of emotion looking and listening to all these celebrities. These are people that, that make movies and you know, younger people look up to and yeah. They they could not be any more confused.
2: Well, they, or they uh, they might believe something, but they're afraid to say so. You know, it, it's interesting though. And as you know, and and the people that have been listening to your show uh, know about me. Is I had some new age roots. Um, I mean, I was, I was raised Catholic and veered off into new age religions, which were very convenient in Sedona, Arizona. By the way, capital. Uh, Oh, just chock full of, uh, you know, of the the new age vibe. You can get your aura photograph for a mere $50. You can see what the colors around you look like. Right? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, but I, one of my discussions yesterday with our mutual friend, he said a mistake, and it, it applies to exactly what you're saying, is we keep trying to imagine and fathom things, how we would do them, how we human beings, yep. with, of course, not just our limited understanding of things, but that with, you know, that we, we can't fathom the 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 not just the power of God you say we we have a hard enough time fathoming the gift he gave us in his son's death it's so epic and it's not anything any of us would really consider doing and you say if you can't even fathom making that kind of sacrifice how can you even fathom what God has planned you, you but we make this mistake we're constantly trying to say well if it was me in charge we don't use those words we just say you know what? I think you get rewarded because that's what I would do. I'd reward somebody for mm-hmm. the good behavior, and I'd, I'd put them in a nice place. And, we, and and I think we're all so, so hopeful that, uh, you know, especially those who maybe haven't made a commitment to Christianity. They're saying, well, I hope it works the way I would design it, Right. because otherwise I might be in a wee, a wee tad trouble.
0: Right. So, Patrick, we just have two minutes left. And because I was talking about these 15 questions that Stephen Colbert was asking his guests, I'll ask you a couple of them as we finish out our time. Uh, what is the best sandwich for you? What's your favorite sandwich?
2: Uh, well, I, I always like a good tuna sandwich without the bread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Apples or oranges? Apples, I right.
2: cannot do the oranges. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph?
2: Yes, I have. And you know what? There are people I wish I would have asked, but I didn't want to bother them with it because I didn't want them to think I was an autograph hound.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who's the one person you wished you would have asked? I, I'm Steve Martin. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, so Steve Martin
2: introduced me at the Magic Castle to Eric Idle, and I said, I could get a twofer here. (laughs) I could get a Monty Python guy and Steve Martin. It's like, look, guys, come on. Yeah. (laughs) And the
0: last question I have for you is favorite action movie.
2: Uh, We've been watching so many of them with the kids lately, so uh, it's kind of hard to decide, but I'd have to say any one of the
0: Ernest movies, Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. I'm going to stick with Old Yeller. Patrick, thanks. Have a safe trip back, and I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you then. Yep. We'll take a short break and be right back on Monday afternoon. Mix. All right, all right, all right. Say it three times, and it's oh. more impactful when you say all right, all right, all right. <laughs>
3: it definitely gets a rhythm going. It does. All
0: right, all right, all right. Because those three all rights,
3: already, all all
0: <laughs> means it's time, time, time for the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. How's the team doing today?
1: Doing well, man. And yeah, it's a beautiful day out, and. Uh, you know, even if it's raining, we can make our own
0: sunshine. But it's—are you, are you where it's raining? David Miles, by the way, I Pastor not, David Miles, is not in studio today. He's at some remote not. bunker in Minnesota somewhere.
3: <laughs> the dedication oh, man, of the no. man is amazing.
1: I'm am not at a bunker, but I am by one of the many beautiful lakes that make up the great state of Minnesota.
0: Nice, nice. So. Well, as always, I look forward to our time on the Monday afternoon mix, and we have been spending— a lot of time in Matthew, and it's been wonderful. But now today, in Matthew 7, we're going to come up against some verses that are really tough verses, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of your teaching on this today, David, and Rosie and I will respond accordingly. But maybe we can uh, do some last-minute review of last time, which we talked about false prophets and about fruit.
1: Yeah, I mean, last time we got into looking at um, Jesus's command to look at true, trees and fruits, and he he gives this warning of beware of false prophets that come in sheep's clothing but outwardly are ravenous wolves. And he uses this this this, this picture, this metaphor, uh, that's used throughout Scripture, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and other parts of the Bible. Would use, uh, including the Apostle Paul in the when he's saying goodbye to the elders in Acts twenty about how there would be these ravenous wolves that would come in and devour, and having the appearance uh, of being one thing but actually being another thing, and that call for discernment. And guys, we again stress why we encourage people uh, in our listening family um, wow. to be plugged into local congregations where they're, where they're being biblically discipled because there's just. Jesus didn't say one time he's, he's speaking of the need for us being diligent uh, to the things that are being taught in our world today um, and so then he then he switches from the whole aspect of wolves and then he says you will recognize them by their fruits um, and then he begins to say like do grapes come out of a thorn bush Do figs come out of thistles well the answer is that uh, in, in nature which a number of the parables, were natural explanations shedding light on spiritual truth? You know, of course not. I mean, like if you have an apple tree, you're not going to expect to get potatoes out of it. And so Jesus goes further in verse 17, and he says, every healthy tree bears good fruit and the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And what he was noting is that, look, after a period of time, we might not notice right away when you put the seed in the ground what it is, but eventually the fruit is going to show itself uh, in a tree, and that need for discernment um, in that. And so he's pointing this out to his listeners, and if we have to remember a very sobering thing, which actually will go into today's passage, is that he, he's speaking, and a number of times in the Sermon on the Mount, he's referencing the Pharisees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law. And so, you know, we might be thinking, oh, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, those heathens. No, he's actually referencing religious people. Or if we want to contextualize it today, Jesus was talking about, you know, us like me being an evangelical free church pastor and, and, and Baptist and assembly God non-denominational. and non denominational and the number He you know, Jesus is speaking to 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 us. That would be um, you know, in a faith community, so that that part's sobering, and so I think it's important that we have ears to hear, and let the spirit of God lead and speak to us at all times.
3: Mm, that is sobering to think of um, good intentions leading people astray in our own current situations. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I mean, honestly, we. <laughs> You know, we are living in, in, in a fascinating time, and um, you know, for the Lord, He's not really, you know, bringing His hands over over these things. One one of the things that's made this more aware to us uh, is social media. And social media has its its bad, and it has its its good. You know, it's it's kind of like money in some ways. Like money, it can be used to fund an orphanage. And it can be used to do some fairly illegal things. And we've seen social media be used in some very positive ways, but we have also seen it be used in some negative ways. And because we have this today, things that years ago uh, would have taken a good chunk of time for people to find out, they can find out within moments. Um, and so the Lord is not like ring his hand like, wow, you guys know all this stuff. No, God is God of the universe. And he, he he's omniscient. meaning he knows all things. He, he knows the thoughts in our hearts, uh, you know, and so God's not amiss of that. He's calling us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that is why, again, want to encourage people. If you are not in a faith community, you know, I want to encourage you to plug into a perfectly imperfect group of people. If you're not in a life group or small group, plug into a group of perfectly imperfect people and walk off this journey in Christ and continue to to listen uh, to Faith Talk Radio uh, as a a means of us just encouraging one another as we walk in Christ for His purposes.
0: Well said, David. Thank you for that. And false teachers will show up in sheep's clothing so they can mingle with other sheep without Mm -hmm. uh, arousing too much suspicion, but they usually have their own private agenda.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, like, and one of the things that we had talked about last time, um, you know, I believe it was like William Barclay, uh, who was a a former, well, still, I think he's still living, um, but he was a um, theologian, and he noted some of the things that these leaders would do, you know, they would seek to produce, you know, teaching was false if it produced a religion which was arrogant and separatist you know the idea that you know it causes you to to pull away and to like retreat into this narrow section, regard the rest of the world as sinners um you know now that's different than wanting to walk in holiness but notice that first part was arrogant and separatistic because all of us listening to the sound of our voices right now had the early disciples and the apostles chose to remain separatist and just focused in on Jerusalem, none of us would have a faith in Christ. Because they left Jerusalem, they went to Judea, they went to Samaria, and they went to the ends of the earth, which brought the gospel to the beautiful state of Minnesota and to the other states that make up, you know, our listening audience, be it Nebraska, be it Connecticut, be it Wisconsin, be it uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, uh, Missouri, these wonderful places that make up our listening family and beyond to those who stream, it's because people went with the gospel to all of the nations, all of the ethnicities, and made disciples. So so a, a teaching that basically says, you know, look, it's it's about me, myself, and I, and if I have time uh, in mind, you know, no, that, that's, that's um, that's you know, Barclay says that's um, a false gospel. One that divorced itself from religion and life was another one. You know, um, we have to walk out this faith. And so if you just have a faith in your mind that says, you know, I'm just super holy, but you cheat on your taxes, okay? No, there needs to be a walking out of that. Um, that's important. And and a, if a divorce is life that... If you have a faith uh, in Jesus where you've been forgiven of great many, many, many sins before you put your first foot on the floor this morning, but then you are hating other people or people groups, and intending to use abusive language towards God's other image bearers, well, PDM, you're not particularly like that person, you know. Okay, that's true, but God made that person in his image, and he finds infinite and eternal value in that person in sending his own son to die for them. And if we're truthful, none of us are all that pretty, which is why we truly need the gospel. And even the most pristine person that feels like they haven't done the dirty dozen, the nasty nine, the sinful seven, the terrible threes— A lot of us have done the awful, woeful number one, which is pride. And pride, even if we think we, you know what, I'm not like that tax collector. You know, I do this, 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 and this. Um, You know, that pride in our heart. And Jesus, when he looked at the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee, he said, which man was justified? It was the tax collector who said, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so... Teaching that, that really begins to pull us um, you know, in that way, um is is uh is is something and if it just exists solely on maintaining the absurd the observance of the externals, meaning all the things you do most often, um, we can talk about the things that we don't do. You know, don't do uh, you know, don't drink, don't chew, don't Date girls you do, you know that whole thing. But Jesus also said, to "The Pharisees, you you tithe, dill and mint, um, you do all these things, but inwardly you are, you guys are your 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 graves, and you're full of dead rotting bones." And so, um, the need for us and uh, asking God to produce His fruit of the spirit uh, in our lives and heart is huge and having the humility the humility to say Lord search me see if there's any offensive way uh, in me and lead me in the way ever last and that's almost prayed
0: me David you're getting a lot of nodding heads uh, in this studio. <laughs> Unfortunately that doesn't read well on radio. Uh, I just learned that in a in a radio manual uh, that was handed out to me this morning. But I do have to say uh it's so true. Now let's uh let's go after a short break. I think I'd like to get into some of these really challenging verses uh in mm-hmm. Matthew 7 which would be verses 21, 22 and 23 and then uh, we can go from there. Uh, thank you for uh being with me today. Did you know that Faith Radio has their biggest book bundle giveaway? ever. it's this summer. And it's pretty cool. We've got a whole bunch of books. This week, we're focusing on sharpening your parents' skills and finding answers to hard questions. And if you want to get on the drawing for a bundle of books that address that topic, go to MyFaithRadio.com. Check it out. And if you're a brand new listener, thank you for starting to listen to Faith Radio. If you want more, we got more for you. You can also go to MyFaithRadio and officially... We'd like to welcome you with a free welcome pack gift. Pretty sweet. So we'll take a break and be right back with the Monday afternoon mix in just a minute. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the show. Glad you're with me today. Well, you're with me and Rosie B. and Pastor David Miles, because this is the Monday afternoon mix. We always look forward to this time together. We've been in Matthew 7 for quite a while, talking about the um, Sermon on the Mount. And right now we're at three very challenging verses in Matthew seven, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. 22, 23. With permission, I will read them.
1: This,
3: this, Rosie, go ahead. I was telling Bill prior to the show, this is, it's one of the most interesting um, couple verses for me in scripture because it's at fight with it itself, knowing who we know Jesus to be, knowing the authority we have under his name. So my immediate question when I've read this was, I get the intention of your heart, like you have to give your heart, you can do a lot of wonderful things, but your heart needs to be the Lord's and there's an intimacy there you know, scripture is scripture and each word is important. If all words are God-breathed and each word is important. And so it makes me, oh, it's always made me wonder, how are these, how are they doing these things not under the name of Jesus without his authority and his power?
1: Mm. Well, you know, one of the things, Rosie, great question. And one of the things we go back to, and look at scripture itself. And so, you know, in the Old Testament with Moses. Moses is in Egypt, and he throws down his, his staff and does the miracle that's that staff being turned into a serpent. But then likewise, um, you know, Pharaoh's own magicians do the very same thing. And you would see this in Scripture where people would want to perform similarly, you know, miracles. There, There is a, a power at work in this world. And, you know, um, people can... Be thinking, um, hey, I'm I'm really doing this for uh, one reason, and it can be something else. And the Lord ultimately knows the heart, like He ultimately knows our hearts and judges the motives. Um, if you remember, C.S. Lewis wrote the book Screw Tape Letter, and I remember Lewis noting in the book Screw saying, "I love when people are in church because they're actually closer to becoming children of our Father than." Than theirs. So the idea of actually being involved in religious activity. But here you, you make a really important thing here, Rosie, because Jesus is describing here would be like those people like she say are super Christians. You know, I mean, they're prophesizing, they're asking, they're doing mighty works. And so, you know, as you look at that, and you've looked at that in the past, Rosie what what does that say to you as you you looked at those verses that like, these are just like you know like super christians
3: right well it it seems like that because they said we're doing these things in Jesus name and knowing every the only knees that bow all knees bow to the name of Christ so it's either theatrics or were they working on the power of this world it just—it's one of those questions that I think the answer is um, complicated in all forms, and I—but um, it does open that door to to make you think, wow, there can be wondrous things happening, and you still have to um, have the discernment of the Holy Spirit to to see if a miracle is happening, but is it of God or not, and and how does it align with His Scripture, and what is the fruit after it.
1: Yeah, and so Jesus here, like, when he's exposing people who sounded, did religious deeds, but really didn't have a personal relationship with him. And so, you know, not not sincere followers who've come to him for salvation, but people that were kind of like, oh, I'm mastering. And some knew in their hearts what they were saying, uh, what was false. So they had this ability, you know, to to— or, or put it this way, they would even have the ability seemingly to prophesy, to, to tell future events and teach, and to perform various miracles. I remember one of my mentors said to me, um, because he was always like, you know, what's kind of going on in your heart? And I remember he'd say to a group of us as young men and young ministers, he said, guys, there, there's some people I've seen where they, they could literally preach the roof off of a building. But I'd never leave them alone in a room alone with my wife or daughters. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. so they had the ability to, you know, to do these things, um, but, but you know, but they weren't they weren't um, there. And what Jesus says to them is that they're gonna they're gonna show up and they're gonna be like, hey, there are all these activities, so I, I we're we're cool. And Jesus is like, no. I never knew you. The Bible puts it where he says, on that day, things will be put through the fire, and those things which are hay and stubble will burn, but only those things that are pure gold will last. And, you know, that is why, notice something very key that Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is speaking Lord, Lord, like Messiah and Father. That's that's a nod. That's even him hinting at the fact that he is the Messiah,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know. But but the point here is what, is, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? What is God's purposes? You know, what is his heart? When Jesus opens up, before he opens up the Sermon on the Mount, back in chapter 4, uh, he came to 417. He began to go about, Matthew writes and says, and to proclaim that the kingdom of of God, the kingdom of heaven is near, and so are these individuals' hearts focused on um, the proclamation of God's kingdom above all. And that's where we, as believers, we really have to get locked in. Listen, I'm a native of North Dakota. I am a uh, I am, you know, what they would call oh, oh, just a wing. Well, they'd say wing nut. my dad was 21 years, eight months, Air Force. Military. Our family, lots of military service. My brother served uh, in the first Gulf War, you know, and all of those things and have a great love for for our country. It's been a Boy Scout, you know, you name it. I used to fundraise when I lived in Fargo for for, you know, conservative political things, because that was my heart. At the end of the day, my allegiance is solely to Jesus Christ. Because when I was in India, none of those things were there. But at the same time, Jesus and his purposes and his kingdom values are key. And if, if we don't like let ourselves like really marinate in that, if we don't let ourselves sit in it, That's where we can get off. You know, when Jesus was ministering, someone showed up at a house and said, Jesus, your mothers and your brothers and sisters are outside. And what did Jesus say? He says, who are my mothers, my brothers and sisters? He says, those who do the will of my Father in heaven. And so you will find people that are masquerading, you know, masquerading in this. And this is why, like, I'll remind my students of a quote I you know, by Ronald Nash, for the truth in what you oppose in the error in what you espouse. And so we remind the people in our listening audience, be like the Bereans. Or as 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul says, examine yourself to see whether you're in the truth, whether you're in the truth. Do you not know Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. But we will find out, no, that we haven't failed the test. But I love the fact that Paul says to examine yourself and, guys, I mean, like right now, uh, this th- it was actually this quote that I shared with my students that had me do something I initially wasn't going to do, you know. And last week I got a text from one of my accountability partners who's a pastor, you know, he asked me, hey, what are you doing? I was chilling with family. He asked me, hey, are you reading, the? Are, are you watching the January 6th hearings? I'm like, no, you know. And I wasn't, and I remembered this quote and saying, like, I have to be open to not being the person who only listens to what itchy ears want to hear. And I like I've always been a person that really wants to understand and both sides of something because Jesus is truth and my ultimate identity is locked in him. I have to tell you, as an Air Force kid and as a person, deeply disconcerting and not because of the left side, you know, or Biden who once called people who look like me super predators. And then now as an office trying to say, that he didn't say those things. But actually that it's people that I know and people that I used to fundraise to put in office. And those people are saying, this is an issue. And so that, that was deeply disconcerting. And if our first response is to kick back and be like, whoa, no, we have to be like the when We have to search our, we need to lay these things before Jesus and let him search it. And we have to do that. Whether a person opens a prayer in the Senate chamber and ends it saying amen, we got to come to Scripture. And if things happen in that chamber that have never happened before, we need to take that to Scripture. Honestly, if people do know what's going on and they're actually sharing the opposite, then we're back up to the earlier section of having to ask ourselves, are people being false teachers on things? And that's concerning, but it becomes a gut check when we don't say, my ultimate allegiance above everything is to Jesus. Yes, blood is thicker than water. Family is important, but only Jesus' blood is the thickest.
0: Well said, David Miles. Thank you so much for another episode of Monday Afternoon Mix. Always great to be together with you and Rosie B.
1: Hey, great to be with you guys. Love yeah. you guys. Love, Love you too. Love our listeners and excited about the book, book thing. Tell your friends to tune into FaceTalk Radio and to hear about the stuff and even to, to find out about how they can get these books and grow in
0: Jesus. Fantastic. Have a great rest of the day, David Miles. That's all the time we have for Monday Afternoon Mix. But when we come back after our break, Dr. Mark Muska is going to join me, and you know that's uh, one of my very favorite times. Uh, It's going to be a full hour of Ask the Professor, so I might even start with what we were just talking about now. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.